Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Ryan and I are coming off of a really fun two-part episode, season preview part one and two, where we came in and and talked about the season preview ahead of the season. It's always a fun series we do. If you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcast. Bringing in my co-host for episode 126. As always, Ryan, what's good? What is going on? So we are recording on a Sunday morning before football. So I'm going to be honest with you, Eric. It is currently 9.09. I would like to be sitting on my couch turning on the games at exactly 10 o'clock. So uh, we got a lot to cover after the first, you know, few games of the season. Um, obviously, last night, you know, Sacramento got their their first victory of the season over Miami. Um, I'd like to talk about that. And then, uh, you know, I went to the Memphis game the other day. I'd also like to talk about that game because I'd like to point out some things. You know, people love Ja Morant, but, uh, you know, our, our guy De'Aaron Fox was picking that mother effort up uh you know at almost full court a lot of the times and i didn't see john Morant guard him once so uh you know it was a that was a cool uh it was a cool thing to see and, and for you know fox to have this disco output that he did still all that night was was pretty awesome so uh you know i i know we haven't won much this year but i'm having a lot of fun so far with sacramento basketball yeah man way to way to lay out the episode uh set the tone for what's going on i like that we i like to you know that's one thing i like about doing the podcast obviously, which is is doing it during the season, is that we kind of can sit through uh, stretches of games like we just did and then kind of look back and you kind of see trends develop and we kind of foresee trends um, that potentially could develop and it's fun to talk about. Um, before we get into it, Ryan, because I know you want to get on in football, so, so do I. Uh, I got the bet online read this week. So uh, this one, I'm, I'm happy about the bet online read this week because they've been omitting basketball because it wasn't basketball season, but... Uh, you know, I like betting basketball. So here it is. Basketball is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts Question for you, Ryan. What's kind of been the basketball go-to bet that you've been putting in um, right now? I mean, I, I'll I'll break it in for myself. I've 
I bet the De'Aaron Fox over about two times this season. It was sitting at 24 and a half. And like we, we talked about, we, we felt his average this season was going to be in the 26 to 27 range. So for me, I was like, I'm going to take the 24 and a half a lot of times. Uh, haven't taken the Kings money line. Probably a good bet on me. And I really have done anything crazy. But what's what's been the big go-to NBA bet you've been doing? Something I've been doing probably every day is the Prize Picks app. Um, I haven't been putting too much bets in, uh, you know, just like money line, that kind of stuff. The spread bets. It, this stuff's all. It's an app that does uh, props, player props on their statistical output, over unders, that stuff. So um, I've been hopping on that pretty much every day with basketball. Uh, it's been fun, and I'm doing pretty well, so I'm letting it roll, you know. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've been rolling with that that over under, but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much about it, man. It's it, dude. It's still football season, right? Like, you can't blow your load, uh, you know, on a Monday or Tuesday because when Sunday rolls around, I want to make some football bets. If I'm too big in the hole that week, man, you know, it it, it kind of ruins my Sunday football. Can be aggressive. Um, always mention the live bet, the in arena live bet. I think I did that the first game, and but I parlayed that. Kev, Kevin Herter. This is where I'll start off. Kevin Herter. Uh, first game was like ten, ten and a half points uh, to bet the over. Kevin Herter has been tearing it up. Um, so a couple, couple new guys this season tearing it up. Ryan, Kev, Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray. They're hitting the over on the points a lot. So there's a, there's a lot going on there. I know that's probably that's probably the one I want to talk. You you laid out the things you want to talk about. Those are probably the two that I want to talk about. Before I get into the Kings, though, I got to get you to the player because you know we'll go through the episode and I'll forget. Are you ready for a player this week? Let's do it. Okay, so if you ha- are new to the show or haven't heard it before, Ryan and I do this segment where we bring in a random NBA player. Ryan's got to guess who they are based on their uh, profile. So, all right, Ryan. This one may be tough. I would say it may be tough, maybe easy. I never know with you. Okay. This guy's six foot nine, 245 pounds. Uh, he was drafted in 1990, Ryan. So this is going to be a rough get. Okay. But you, you'll know who he is. Uh, drafted 1990 out of UTEP, uh, second round, 45th overall. So, you know, way back. He was selected by the Indiana Pacers. All right. Here's here. He was a power forward and a center. Here's his, his, here's his teams. 93 to 99, he was on the Pacers. 99 to 03, he was on the Raptors. 03 to 05, he was on the Bulls. 05, 06, Knicks finished his career with the Raptors in 06. He was an NBA All-Star in 2001. He averaged 10 points a game and seven and a half rebounds a game for his his career. You're going to remember him from the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I can't, uh, either Dale Davis or Antonio Davis, shit. Uh, uh, God, I got to make a guess on this. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm going to shit. Antonio Davis. You play with Antonio Davis. That's what I'm going with. That's a fucking wow, man. I, I give you the respect on Antonio Davis, man. And I swear to God, people, we don't script this shit. I come up with it right before I just kind of randomly go in my brain and try to find someone. Antonio Davis, Ryan, that's a good get. Um, I, you know, I try to refrain from doing some super random bench players, but then I saw like Antonio Davis made an all-star. That's valid for the for the for the game. Good stuff, man. Good stuff there. I had to, yeah, yeah. I needed that one. That was good. That was good. I couldn't <clears throat> you gotta talk your way through it, right? Like the first I knew it was either Dale Davis or Antonio Davis, but I was trying to remember. I'm like, fuck, which one was which, dude? God damn it. So that was a good one. 
Yeah, nice. nice stuff. All right, well, I'll let you break in the episode, Ryan, because you said all, all this stuff you want to talk about. Um, since we've been we've uh, recorded, just for reference, because we did wait the kind of full five, six games or whatever it was to, to get on here. Um, last episode we did was before the season, Ryan. So we did go to opening night. That was really fun. Uh, then the Kings really started off uh, – Start off with a tough record, and like you said, is regardless of the record thus far, I'm still excited about about the Kings more so than I've been. And I think we both kind of expected a tough uh, stretch, first ten games, really tough schedule, a lot of playoff teams, a lot of good teams. So I'm not surprised or discouraged by any means. But break it in where you want to start the episode off with some Kings talk. So we don't really got to talk about opening night. That was a, that was a minute ago that Portland game. Uh, dude, I went, I'm telling you, man, I went Thursday night against Memphis. Okay. And one of the things that I wanted to, you know, I, the reason I went to that game, it was kind of out of my way to go. And I made a real point to do it was, you know, I wanted to see the jaw Morant deer and Fox matchup, right? Like, you know, jaw, jaw obviously gets a lot of hype in the media. He gets a lot of uh, screen time out there with the national media, especially deer and Fox gets zero. And me and you have always been on the, you know, the side that uh, Deer and Fox, we believe, is can be just as good, right? Or is pretty much on that level already. And it kind of showed the other night. I mean, <clears throat> Deer and Fox had more points, but John Morant, you know, he only played like 25 minutes. I think he had 25 points in 25 minutes. But just by being there in, in the stadium and watching, right? Deer and Fox, like I said earlier, he was picking him up, dude, at the opposite free throw line. Right, he was guarding him a majority of the time they were on the court together. John Morant didn't guard Deer and Fox once, like not once that I saw. Right, maybe like a quick switch, right, but not once did he pick him up and was guarding him. And uh, that there's something to be said about that. I think you know that that just shows me that Deer and Fox is trying to take on that that task. Right, a lot of people hate on his defense, but um, he looked good out there. And, and the other thing I want to point out is. Darren Fox, you know, John Morant's explosive, but Darren Fox is bigger, stronger, and faster. Right. Like that was something that was like pretty obvious out there. It was like, oh shit, Darren Fox is he's bigger and faster than 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 John Morant is. You know, John Morant gets the crazy acrobatic shit that he does, but um just looking at it and the eye test, man, Darren Fox looks every bit as good as John Morant. Man, people can hate and say whatever you want. But uh, just being in the stadium and watching that, that was something that – that was my takeaway from that game. It's like, holy crap, Darren Fox, he's on that level for sure. I was disappointed I, di I didn't get to go to that because in our season preview, I had said that the number one – there was two, there were two matchups that I wanted to see this year. And the number one matchup was the Grizzlies versus the Kings just for that reason, just to, just to compare – uh, the players in person. And that's one thing that's been great about going to so many games the last few years is that it's one thing to watch on TV and it's definitely another thing to just see the box score. But when you can see players in person and see their size, strength, quickness, et cetera, and then, um, you know, focus on what they're doing kind of off ball, floating around on defense where the, the cameras don't always show it, you kind of get good perspective from that in game uh, watching. I know like the last year, that was something early in the season for us that De'Aaron Fox playing off ball was something really, really like you could see it in person much, you know, you could see it much better in person and get a better, clearer idea of what was going on sometimes. And so when you, when you see opposing players, I like to see the quickness. And so my second matchup 
that I wanted to see was was Luka Doncic just because I haven't gone and seen him yet. And I just not particularly for the head to head matchup in that one, but I, I was curious to see his just straight what that guy looks like in person, like his speed and all that. But yeah, the Morant one was number one for me for the head to head comparison. And Darren Fox is came into the season Ryan crushing going into last night, 30 points a game, uh, which is right, which is great to see right on part where we, we thought he was going to take his scoring next level. They said on the broadcast last night, they were like, you know, it is, it is true. Although I think there's caveat to it that De'Aaron Fox, the last two seasons has started off slower. And then, you know, by January, February, his scoring has really ticked up. And so that's good to see him coming out right at the gates this year. Hopefully that's sustainable. I think if that happens, if he sustains a, a higher level of play, like, like he is doing right now, which we expect him to do, I think that national recognition would come. And then when it comes to like the record stuff, I mean, at the end of the day though, dude, it does come down to the opposing, you know, your surrounding cast. And like, that's the, that's the thing about the Grizzlies, dude, they, they got, they they got a lot of players, man. And even Desmond Bain, like Desmond Bain, the last, since he's not been in the league that long, but dude, that guy just goes off. I mean, I'm pretty sure he went up for 30 something against the Kings. Right. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's always a factor. And, and that's the thing. It is what it is like that shit doesn't necessarily get considered, you know, there's always one player that gets elevated because of the team success. And we've talked about last year, the the record that the Grizzlies had without John Morant was ridiculous. So at the end of the day, though, the Kings are just going to have to win games and Aaron Fox is going to have to put up the stats. And then eventually that will come, you know, but I, that was, that was good that you got to go, uh, you know, break that in. Uh, Darren Fox, we can sit on Darren Fox for a second because he's doing exactly what we expected uh, come in, come into this year uh it seems like he's just more confident a more confident score he's playing the role that he should have been which most of last year the guy's getting in the lane he's pulling up mid-range floaters those are looking nice he's even shooting some threes the big flaw probably is what free throws at this point that's probably it that's his achilles heel man you know you you, you become a decent free throw shooter you know 70 what 78 percent I wonder what he's at, but I, I think I remember like us talking last week. If it was 78% free throw shooter, how much more points he would have been. You know, just an average, right? Just a little above average guy. Um, but if he can, if he can ever become like an 80% free throw shooter, dude, it's gonna add two points per game to his night to to every game, right? Like he's gonna add two points a night. And that, you know, that's the difference between, you know, 27 and a half, 29 and a half, approaching that 30 points per game. So uh, it's a it's a problem, you know, but I, I think it's a kind of a fixable problem. It just kind of takes time and a little bit of effort. But uh, yeah, man, that's that's really that's really his only issue that I could see right now. I would, be tip, if we're being honest, too, probably some turnover issues. That's probably a little bit as well. I mean, he kind of he does turn the ball over a little bit, but whatever. You have the ball in your hands with that much volume. Um, what I was gonna say though is that like a lot of, I mean, you're right about the free throws. I, that that's just that. That's just the difference. Like I said, two, one, two, three points a game when you're already averaging 25, 26 points a game. That that that's where you go from like the okay, high high level mid-tier to top tier scorer in the NBA. That's that's literally the difference. It's just literally a couple free throws. Another thing I'd like to point out that is uh going on this year. What do you what, what have you seen in the first bunch of games? I just feel like Darren Fox doesn't get the fucking calls still, like the consistent calls for a guy who attacks the rim and gets in the lane as much as he does. I just don't see the calls like you know, and one thing we don't do, Ryan, is come on here and really 
point out one play or one one series in and and on the there was a there was a situation last night where on, in the Heat game where like Sabonis got called on a, on this uh you know on a foul and it was kind of questionable uh and then and later in the game Darren Fox got slammed and they didn't call it's like very similar and I just feel like the guy doesn't get as much calls for someone who goes through the lane like that am I crazy or do you agree with that? No, it's one hundred percent correct, dude. At that Memphis game the other day, John Morant was get dude. Any time that guy got close to the basket, foul. Any time it was kind of ridiculous, dude. But you know that just comes with being the you know getting those star calls, dude. That's what that's that's really this. He, you know, people don't view him as that star guy. They're not going to give him the benefit of the doubt yet. So, which is disappointing. But that's on you know. There's a, there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? It's not. It's not Deer and Fox's fault, right? But it's also, you know, it's not Sacramento Kings' fault that they're uh, that he's not getting those calls. It's you know the NBA is not putting us on the national freaking televised games. I don't think we had any national televised games last year, right? Like that plays a huge role into you becoming a star. You have to be put in those situations. You know, like Memphis, how many games did they play last year in the national media or on, on national televised um, games? You know, in the year before and the year before, just because of John Morant's hype, right? Like there's just so much hype around it that uh, the guy just gets put in that situation. So, um, you know, but if Darren Fox, like right now, dude, he's averaging 27 points per game, seven assists and like almost six rebounds, right? If this stat line keeps up till January, he's going to start getting some recognition, right? Like the, you can't deny a guy an all-star team on that. So um, he's just going to have to keep playing hard and get those stats up and force the, force the calls, right? Force them to, to treat you like a star. As much as there was, as much as there's like this pressure on the Kings to this year to to take their take it to the next level, uh, I feel like there's like as, just as much pressure on De'Aaron Fox to take take the next level jump as well. And I think a lot of that just comes down to the divide within the fan base last year for some reason, which I still don't understand. Uh, with Halliburton and those lack of belief, even though he's so young, this lack of belief that he's this next level player and all. I think there's a lot of expectations and for that guy to take the big leap. I'm, I am pulling up a stat right now, and this is something that is pretty amazing, Ryan. Um, just over the last couple of years, De'Aaron Fox, you know, this year for and just the short sample size, he's taking 4.4 free throw attempts a game. Last year was 5.9. In comparison, just the last two years in the short sample size, you have uh, John Morant Ryan taking nine point six attempts a game, and last year seven point three attempts a game. I, I wouldn't say that John Morant is, although yes, John Morant is a, is one of the as far as in the in the NBA, he's in the lane taking it to the hole as much as anybody. He's in that upper echelon and that. But I feel like De'Aaron Fox is right there too. So to have that type of discrepancy is just one other thing that, you know, it's obvious and it's tough because when we're Kings fans and you're just sitting there hyper-focused on just the Kings, you know, I don't want to lose perspective on the whole NBA as an entirety, but I literally feel this is a thing. I really do. This isn't just like some Homer fan shit. I literally think the dude just doesn't get the call. So that was something that I wanted to bring up and talk about. Okay, so what's been the biggest... There's been two biggest surprises, Ryan. Honestly, Kevin Kevin Herter to me is a bigger surprise in the first stretch than Keegan Murray for me because I kind of expected Keegan Murray to come out. We even talked about it. Like at at baseline, 
Keegan Murray is as good a shooter pretty much as anybody on the team right now. And we expected if he got in, he was going to get a lot of attempts just because of Sabonis and Fox and the attention that those guys get. And really, the Kings just needed guys on the perimeter who could knock down. So we expected him to have some some scoring. Uh, Kevin Herter, though, hitting 27 points a game, 20, not a game, but 27 points, 22 points, you know, constantly hitting that over there like. I, I he to me he's more surprising and he's even better than I thought. Is that the same for you? Yeah, I think he's uh he just dude, he just fits on this team pretty well, right? Like there's you know when when you have a guy like De'Aaron Fox who's playing, you know, I don't gotta say his stat line again, who's playing like he's one of the best point guards in the NBA, you put shooters around that guy, stuff's gonna open up, you know, and on top of that, Kevin Herter is big as shit, dude. He's hella big. You see him in real life and you're like, oh, dude, this guy's six foot seven for sure. Like he's for sure got the length. So uh, and he's smart, right? You know, you know, we don't want to be those guys, but yeah, you know, oh, he's basketball IQ, but he he's a smart player, right? Like he when I look at Kevin Herter, I don't look at him and when he's playing, I don't look at, you know, I look at him as okay, this guy's keeping it within his talents, right? He's not trying to do anything that he's not good at. Like you don't see Kevin, Kevin Herter you know, pump faking and trying to drive to the basket. No, this dude's pump faking and he's, you know, setting his feet up again because he's trying to pull that three, right? You don't see him putting the basketball uh, on the floor a lot. You know, he's he's not uh, he's not doing anything that's outside of his talents. That's all you want, man. And, and you know, we've been big advocates. Just put guys around deer and Fox and I promise their stats are going to, their stats are going to be there, right? So, and then as far as Keegan Murray, dude, again, He's another three-point shooter who's – dude, this guy shot seven threes last night. He was like three for seven. He's going to get the looks, man, and a lot of times he's going to be wide freaking open. So uh, all you got to do is put the ball in the ball in the hoop, man. But both those guys, both of them are big for their position. You know, like Keegan Murray, people think, you know, is he a four? Is he a three? I think he's going to be a three, dude. I, I like him there, but he's hella big. And the same thing for Kevin Herter. And, uh, you know, in an NBA that – favors length and shooting man those both those guys check both those boxes for sure man and it's not surprise that it's not a surprise it's not as surprising i guess there's always the element of surprise when the guy does hit 20 you know points or something so th- there is that i mean we, that wasn't our expectation but it it doesn't surprise you because you had said something in the preview ryan that i wanted to bring up again you had said when this casey apollo shit was happening, which we didn't even really go into in the preview because I just, you and I just did never believe that was going to be like a, a real thing. We just figured that was a placeholder thing for a stretch. But you had said that it's almost, I think, almost to the quote, Ryan, it's almost comical to think that Keegan Murray is not going to start and that they're playing us like this. Like you had said that. And I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that in, in that because it just made the most sense. Like we broke that down in the preview and, and what we had said was that. The Kings just needed another shooter, and when you're a rookie, obviously your game's not as well-rounded. So when you play in that second grouping, you kind of become elevated, and you like something you had said, like where guys get forced to play outside of their developed skill sets. Kind of like why we were always against Buddy Heald going to the bench for his last two years here, because it was like, dude, that's not... The guy just shoots. We just need the guy to shoot. When you put him on the second unit, then you want him to fucking score and drive and do all that put the ball on the ground like you're saying all the shit they don't do um and so we didn't want that to happen to keegan murray because we felt like 
he actually would be more protected in his starting lineup. That's at least where I, I, I felt. So for them to put him in there, he can't be denied. His, his spot-up shooting is, he's already, which is, you know, you tell me, has he always, has he already surpassed Harrison Barnes as far as a perimeter score? I believe so. What do you think? 100%. Yeah, I just want to Come say on. it. I just want to say it. 100, 100%, man. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, uh, oh, Harrison Barnes fell off. You know, he's fallen off this year. He's blah, blah. No, the, the guy didn't fall off, man. There's just more talented players in front of him who should be getting the shots. That's all it is, dude. You know, I, I, I was at the game the other day and people were talking about, uh, you know, some people next to me talking about, oh, man, Harrison Barnes, he really needs to do this or he needs to do that. And it's like, no, he doesn't. No, he freaking doesn't. Like, there's more talented guys now um, that play the similar role that or similar position that he does. So, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you're damn right he's passed him as a perimeter player. There's a real chance, right? There is a real chance that that Keegan Murray, uh, you know, keeps this scoring up just because of how he plays. Right. He's not a guy that's trying to get in into the paint and he's not crazy athletic flailing around. His game is pretty. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like soft. Free flowing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like free flowing. It's more of a finesse game. Right. So like him getting banged up, I think, isn't really going to happen too much over the length of a season. Right. Compared to a, like, you know, when Darren Fox came in the NBA, everybody, he's not a shooter. Right. His game is you know, goes off of him getting into the paint. Keegan Murray's not like that. It's sustainable, right? That's why I think his stats will probably stay the same or even go higher. But uh, there's a real chance that dude's going to average 19 points per game, man. I really believe that. There's a real chance his rookie year he can do that. Well, it's to what it's to what we saw pre-draft, which, you know, you you made that video when we, the, when we sent that over, I believe did that segment, and you sent over a video, and you were all... You were really on Murray, you and I both, and they had said, "Oh, you know, hot take, hot take from Kings Cast because everyone wanted uh, Ivy, right?" And so <clears throat> that's something we had saw as you know back at draft time, hoping that would be something it could be. Then during the summer, you're like, "Okay, maybe it could be this way." And now we're in the season where shit actually counts. You're like, "Yeah, no, this is this. It, it, what we saw is actually what's there, and and it's actually going to happen, and it is happening." And that guy is. I, I get what you mean about just more of a free-flowing game and that he doesn't need things designed for him. There's been several times where the ball's just kind of been bounced out to him and he just pulls up and shoots. You know, he, he's so tall and rangy that he can he's not going to struggle to get his shot off. Um, he's a consistent enough shooter where you're not like, uh, someone else should take that shot. I, I would say in the starting lineup, I'm going to go with him as the probably number two shooter right now. And and I, I think that's super fair. Um you know, next to Herter. So I want I got something as you were talking, I was thinking about to ask you. So HB Holmes, those are two guys, you know, people said, well, these guys have fell off or these guys need to do this. And I think, what do you think about this take, Ryan? Maybe they didn't fall off. Maybe they fell off, whatever that means. I don't know. Do players fall off that quickly? I don't know. But what I think is that they're just two examples of guys who were on less talented teams who were in a position and asked to do more. And that's why with Holmes particularly, we're never on that hype because we're like, dude, he's just, he's just a, he's a player getting a lot of minutes on a bad team. And, and Barnes is kind of somewhere in the middle of that where he's not a bad player, but his stats were just, he did have a little, uh, 
career blimp when he got to Sacramento. His scoring had dropped off just a slightly, and then he he kind of bumped it up for a little bit. And I think that was just credit to the options. You know, you're higher up, you're higher up on on the uh, on the chart as far as you know who's getting touches. And so he, you could argue, is probably the number two scorer. Harrison Barnes was. He was the number two option, so to speak, the last couple of years. Whereas now, where would you rank him, Ryan? Probably four. Honestly, starting lineup in the starting five? lineup. On the starting lineup, he's five. Yeah, he's five. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's he's at best, at the very best, he's the fifth option. This is my thing about when you when you're. I think things change, though, and that's why I I said HB was a guy I could see getting moved is because when when you're the number five scoring option. Well, guess what? Guess what the team needs from you. They don't need your scoring. They need other things from you at that point. And that's where I think Harrison Barnes is kind of, you know, where he's going to kind of need to adapt or the Kings made it boot off. And then as that is, is my prediction is like, now you're the fifth scoring option. Now you kind of play defense a little bit more. Now you need to do these other things that work. So they don't necessarily need you to score. And so maybe that's what it is, but that's kind of been the thing about Harrison Barnes to be optimistic and not be negative on him is that what's always been the thing people have said, Ryan, he's kind of like what the Jack of all trades can kind of do everything, a little bit of everything. So if that's true, then he'll make the impact in doing that this year. You know, that's, that's really what it's going to come down to as far as Rashawn Holmes though. I don't want to call it too early, but I feel confident just because we've been on this for so long. The, the guy just doesn't really seem to fit in the rotation. Doesn't seem to fit what they want to do. To me, I like Trey Lyles better. I don't. I actually like Trey Lyles and Holmes together, in uh, playing together a lot. They they did that last night. Let's talk about the rotation. Mike Brown, after a bunch of games, Ryan says that they want to go down to like eight or nine guys for a lot of games. You know, they they want to hone it into that. So. I think Holmes uh, covers that on the fringe. The odd man out from looking at who's going to – like you predicted it. We'll see. It's still early, Ryan, but it seems like Terrence Davis is kind of the fringe guy. He's kind of the guy. Some games he might get a lot in the small ball games, but in games like against the Heat, you know, he didn't get a lot. So he's kind of the guy who can flex in, flex out. Holmes, he's in there on default. The the criticism on the Kings right now is they don't have the big men. So he's in there on default, but even so – what, what where's his role? What the, what was your thought about Rashawn Holmes right now in the first stretch? Well, it's just exactly what we said, man. You know, people people love Rashawn Holmes. People were acting like he was, you know, one of the best big men in the NBA just a year ago. Coming into the season, this this time a year ago, people were saying that Rashawn Holmes was the best player on the team. And me and you were always up here like that's just absolutely crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. The guy was getting a lot of minutes on a bad team. Um you know, so state stats are going to be inflated. As far as as far as the rotation, right? Like, I'm not going to come up here and beat up on Holmes too much. Like, it's not his fault that people hell like people hell love him. You know, it's not his fault. Like, the guy just goes out there and plays hard. You know, uh, but I do be seeing way too many Rashawn Holmes jerseys in the stadium, to be honest. But uh, let, let's talk about this rotation real quick, right? So we, let's go nine guys. So we have Fox, we have Herder, we have Murray, we have Barnes, we have Sabonis. We have Malik Monk. We have Davion Mitchell. We have Rashawn Holmes. And who's number nine? Trey Lyles. Am I missing anybody? I think Trey Lyles is it because Trey Lyles, my Trey Lyles plays some defense. Trey Lyles is through most shootings improved. I think Trey Lyles is in there. He and, and really don't have another forward option. So Trey Lyles is in there. He's got to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that, that out of that nine, yeah, Terrence Davis is out. 
Paul is out. That's that fucking experiment really went to shit real fast, dude. I don't know what the hell that was about. And it was, let's be real. I got a word for it. Can I give you a word for it, dude? No. Yeah. Am I I correct? He he was on the reason that he got it because he was what, like on the Nigerian national team. Is that, is that correct? Coach. Yeah. The Nigerian national team. He's like one of their best players and Mike Brown coaches the Nigerian team. But I mean, okay. So I got a word for, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say it if I was wrong, but it came to my head. Nigerian nepotism. That's what that was. Yeah. Nigerian nepotism. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, he is super young. He's super lengthy, but let's be fucking real, dude. How the hell? Did that guy start on opening night? What a load of shit, dude. Like I at the time I was like, okay, maybe Mike Brown knows something. I don't know. Maybe, you know, which would be which would make sense, right? Like he is the head coach, but dude, we freaking watched it. And I'm like, oh, this this was this experiment went bad real fast. What a load of crap. So uh Akpala out the freaking rotation. Um Terrence Davis, man, I I said it. I I just didn't see Terrence Davis bringing enough shooting. Um, he didn't bring that elite quality like those other guys did. Like Malik Monk, man, the guy can shoot it. And dude, have, he's hell athletic. Like you don't realize it. I was at Memphis the other day. They were throwing lobs, him and Deer and Fox to each other. Dude, he was fucking throwing it down. And he's had uh, he's had some like wild blocks off the backboard, dude. Like some chase down blocks that are like I'm like holy shit, Malik Monk for not being that big is super athletic. So, um, but to crack this lineup, you have to bring a quality, right? Like you have to bring something that you are really good at. Uh, you know, with Murray and Herder, they're shooters. With Monkey's a shooter and he's athletic. Darren Fox is Darren Fox. And, you know, where Sean Holmes is an energy guy. That's why Terrence Davis is being left out, right? Like all these guys, they have that characteristic. You know what they do well. Terrence Davis, yeah, he scores a little bit. But uh, as far as the rotation, I like the I like the eight, nine man rotation. A lot of teams do that, but they do it in, in the playoffs. Um, the only problem with the eight or nine man rotation moving, you know, towards the middle of the season, guys are gonna wear down. Right. Like you you start putting a lot of minutes on guys, especially um your guards. It, those guys are gonna wear down. They're gonna start missing games. Um, so we we will see how it works out. I don't think they're gonna be able to pull it off an eight, nine man rotation. I think they're gonna stick with what they've been doing. Um, but as the season gets closer to the end and you start getting into those must win games, the rotation will slim down a little bit. Well, and that's what you see over a long season is that for certain stretches and for tight games, you can condense the rotation to kind of really be more for lack of a phrase optimal, but like you said, it's not sustainable. So you do have to stretch, uh, deeper into that. And that's where I do like Terrence Davis, like Terrence Davis is a, is a player you saw it in opening night. The dude dropped a lot of points, and he's athletic. He's not terrible. It's just you know, it's it's just the you only have so many players, and it does seem like Metu, Adela Vadova, and Len they're in there for basically practice players. But the one thing that is worrisome is what's going to happen if somebody gets hurt for even like three games. The bench, we like the bench, and we talked about in the preview. Like we feel like for you know, 10 guys deep, the Kings have real legitimate NBA players, but it doesn't necessarily make the most sense. And so that's why I think a lot of my criticism for whatever criticism I have is going to go more towards the Holmes and honestly, probably Davian Mitchell. He's going to have to really step his shit up, which I think he will. I'm not, I think that's going to be a a thing that's going to get better, but it's going to be those kinds of guys because 
they're guys who showed they played a lot of minutes. They're player, they're players that people valued, and they're really kind of the top end of the rotation players on the roster. And that's really where, if you had to point at it, where the hole, so to speak, is on the Kings right now. It's it's a net. So even so, first five games, I I foresee trades. I wasn't sure. You know, you always kind of have to wait and see. But I foresee some trades and a shakeup in this roster at some point, which we'll get into as more time goes on. Um, before we wrap, Ryan, this week, looking towards any games, there's a lot of there's a road stretch right here. So probably by the time the next time we get on, which would be next, you know, this next week at Hornets, at Heat, at Magic, um, at Warriors. So, you know, no home games to look forward to to going. Uh, the schedule does soften up a little bit on there. So there's more to come. The one thing I'll, I'll say is a, P, a PSA out there to Kingsland and people out there, Ryan, which you've already seen is chill out on the overreacting. You know, KC, uh, I'll shout out to KC on Kingsland. He always posts a thing in the beginning of the year. How long do you need to assess a team? We always say it's really, what, what's our phrase? Basketball doesn't start until when, Ryan? Really. Christmas. Until after Christmas. So you got to give it that much time, you know, and the, the goal, what's the goal for the Kings is don't get into a hole so early, you know, stay afloat, progress, get some trends going at that time so that you're not making things up. Yeah. So just bringing up the schedule real quick. All right, this week, tomorrow, Halloween at Charlotte, at Miami, at Orlando. Those are three winnable games. Those are three winnable games. You just beat Miami. It's going to be tough to beat Miami in Miami, especially when you beat them five days prior. But this week, I mean, two and one this week. You go two and one this week, you know, you're, you put yourself back in a spot that's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty well to or pretty good to move up in the standings and then next week you got golden state cleveland la you can you know you can win cleveland and the lakers you, you it's possible i don't think we're gonna beat golden state cleveland's at so, home too yeah so that's i know dude we played golden state fuck dude we played golden state twice in the next two weeks dude so you, you used to get three of the golden state matchups within the first three yep. weeks of the season i mean that's and then just... we don't got to deal with it till like march so that, i mean we'll take that but this week's going to be important you know, if you come out and you lose to Charlotte and then you lose to Miami and then you're sitting at what one and seven, that's not a good look, dude. You know, that's not a good look. And then you go beat Orlando two and seven, lose to Golden State two and eight. It's freaking hard to dig out of a hole like that, dude. I, I think bare minimum you got to go two and one this week. Fringe playoff teams find ways to still beat other teams. Just because a team's better than you in the NBA, it doesn't mean it's not like in the, the NFL, it's very much like that, right? Where and L's a L, the team's better. It's not like that in the NBA. You look at the Spurs right now. Spurs, I think, are four and two. Like they're going to beat some teams. Spurs aren't going to be there at the end, but they're going to beat a couple teams. That happens all the time. You got to beat teams that are better than you. It's a long season. You have to do that stuff. I'm not alarmed. I don't think you're alarmed either because realistically, my expectations is, is that the Kings were going to win two to three games in the first 10 to 11. That's really what I thought because they're so they're, they stacked a lot of these tough matchups early. So you can't overreact to that. Um, long season, you know, wait some time, but. Good stuff, man. I was, I'm, I'm happy Kings basketball is here, and it's been fun to have games and come in and talk about it. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan, where we're active, including our group Kingsland. Check that out. Join the game threads. Um, it's a it's a good place to be. If you want to support Kingscast, best way to do so is to slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify after the show and give us a, a five star review. We really appreciate that. It helps us find more Kings fans just like you. And you can always find us on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings.
Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.